Until they tell us not to, away we go. It is Scoop Podcast episode 296 on this Thursday, the 14th of May. I hope you are safe. I hope you are remaining sane. Mental health is big a hurdle right now as physical health, at least when talking about my own situation, trying to navigate homeschooling with a third grader and a young man in kindergarten. It has been, let's just say it's been a roller coaster. We will get through it. Only a few weeks left. And you know what? My wife and I still have our jobs, so we have a lot to be thankful for. I know so many people are dealing with so much more. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all workers on the front lines. Heck, even the workers at Green Mill the other day when I went to pick up some food on Mother's Day, the one in Plymouth, they were absurdly backed up. Everybody was keeping their composure, you know, in terms of the consumers. They were working their butts off. The protocols are not in place for them to succeed when being overwhelmed, but everybody was in a calm, you know, and understanding, you know, mood. And I just, I thought they handled themselves incredibly well. So I don't want to, you know, leave them out because they, you know, talking all frontline workers when it comes to restaurants, when it comes to grocery store workers, but certainly anybody working in a hospital, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me begin with some local basketball notes before we get To Marcus Carr in no particular order, some local NBA draft prospects. McKinley Wright, Champlain Park High School, University of Colorado. He hired an agent from Octagon that is certified by the NCAA. So he's an agent working on his behalf, but if McKinley wants to, he can go back to Colorado for a senior year. He's already connected virtually with the Pistons and the Spurs, and he's got a few more interviews lined up. Zeke Naji has signed with an agent that isn't certified. So Zeke is all the way in. Zeke cannot go back to Arizona for his sophomore year. All signs point to Zeke being a first round pick. He has already interviewed with the Wizards, the Hornets, and the Pelicans, and he has the Utah Jazz before the week is over. I texted with a front office member of one of the teams he's already interviewed with. I was told that Zeke, no surprise to me, Zeke knocked the interview out of the park. He is a really, really good kid with a cool backstory, his interest in playing the piano, in music. I was told that he blew away that front office in terms of the interview, whether his on-the-court play blows them away, to be determined. This is a team that will be picking relatively high, so would they take Zeke? I'm not even quite sure that's a position of need. You know, So would they take Zeke in the lottery? I don't know about that, but I just know that this team – Really, really enjoyed their conversation with Zeke. Tyrell Terry, De La Salle High School. He did sign with an agent that is NCAA certified. So if Tyrell wants to, he can go back to Stanford for his sophomore year. But this agent is helping him facilitate interviews with NBA teams. Tyrell has already connected with many teams picking between picks 16 and 30. He's expected to talk to the Timberwolves, who should have that Brooklyn pick between picks 16 and 30. Tyrell is expected to talk to the Wolves before the week is over. I talked with Sakara Nam, De La Salle High School, Marquette, the other day. He said the Wolves, the Bucks, the Kings have some interest in him. He has not connected with anybody yet virtually, but plans to in the near future. He also noted that Theo John, who played with McKinley Wright at Champlain Park High School, Theo has another year left at Marquette. Theo recently underwent wrist surgery. He is doing well. I texted with Theo. He is doing well. All right, let's get to Marcus Carr. I'll get to some other notes as the podcast moves along. But let's now get to Marcus Carr. As far as I know, I'm not big on exclusive or anything like that first. I'm not big on that. But as far as I know, I think that Marcus Carr has not given any other interview since he decided to test the NBA draft water. So away we go with my conversation recently with Gophers point guard Marcus Carr. He is maintaining his eligibility. So if Marcus wants to come back next season for another year with the Gophers, he is in that position. But right now, he is soliciting, you know, he's trying to to get advice from, from NBA front offices just to see what his future holds. Anyway, here's my conversation recently with Marcus Carr. Marcus, let's just start with, let's circle back a few weeks, your decision to, to test the NBA draft waters. I guess just take us through your thought process making that decision. Um. Yeah, you know, it's always been a dream of mine to play in the NBA ever since I was little. It's kind of, you know, what I've always wanted to do. And, you know, just to have that opportunity to even, you know, be able to say that and to be able to go through this experience was, was kind of huge for me. So I um, just wanted to take the opportunity, um, capitalize on the season I kind of just had and, and, and you know, 
try and get as much feedback as I can and make a decision from there. It was a great season, right? I mean, you set the school record for, for assists. I think about the two games against Ohio State, the game against Penn State where, where you blew up. I mean, there were other instances. So, I mean, your body of work, you know, it just it suggests why not, right? I mean, looking at those games and some other games, Marcus, right, it made sense for you to at least get some feedback. Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, I felt that, you know, had a lot of ups and downs throughout the season, but kind of like you said, had had some pretty pretty strong performances. And, and I felt that, you know, just going through this process, getting feedback, like you said, and, and just being able to just enjoy this time was, was definitely something I wanted to do. When will the feedback begin? Like, have you had any conversations yet with NBA teams? Um, so, you know, the form that you kind of have to fill out and, and get back, I've gotten that back already. And then kind of just, you know, like you said, communicating with some teams and getting some information. And obviously we're in an unprecedented time. So, you know, things are, are much different than they usually would be. So kind of just trying to take every day stride by stride. How does that process work where – where technically, I guess you could have an agent that's certified by the NCAA working on your behalf, but like, do you have somebody helping you reach out to teams? Do you reach out to the teams on your own? Like how, how does that process work? Uh, right now it's just my family and my coaches uh, that are helping me through the process. Um, kind of like you said, I, I could have, you know, been represented by a NCAA certified agent, but I, I haven't gone that route, just kind of sticking with my family and, and, and my coaches and, you know, relying on them to help me with, through this process. What would need to happen for you to not be back here in Minnesota? Like, could you foresee yourself going the Amir Coffee route? Where it worked out, in my mind, it actually worked out perfectly for Amir. Leaves, gets the two-way deal, and all of a sudden, I mean, he was getting some run with, with the Clippers. And, heck, looking at the Clippers' landscape the next few years, they don't really have first-round picks after the Paul George trade. So it's not like they're bringing in all these young players. So, like, to me, Amir – it worked out brilliantly for him. Like if you got even some sort of, you know, not even a promise, but maybe some sort of, hey, we'd be interested in signing you to a two-way deal. You know, uh, if, if, if you heard that, would you would you stay in the draft? I mean, that's definitely a conversation I'd have to have with my family. Um, no decision on that as, as, as yet. You know, we're still pretty early on in this process, but if I was to, you know, hear something like that from, from a team or, for, or from a few teams, you know, it would definitely be something that I'd have to take back and talk about with my family and talk about with, uh, with my coaches and see what's best for me. Your skill set, how do you think it translates to the NBA? Um, I think I, I make plays. So I think that translates, you know, I'm able to, you know, penetrate, get in the paint and, and make plays for others. I'm a competitor. I love to compete. So, you know, I love to you know, win, and, and I feel like that's huge at the next level, just making plays to win, and then as well as just making guys around you better. How much dialogue have you had with, with Coach Patino the last few weeks since since you made this decision? Uh, quite a bit. You know, he check, calls uh, calls me, checks in, um, talk about stuff, talk about the season coming up, um, recruits, obviously, you know, just kind of checking in, seeing how I'm doing during this time. You know, obviously it's difficult for everybody, um, you know, making sure me and my family are all good and Kind of just talking. And I mean, when it comes to recruits, I mean, like Liam Robbins is coming in and Brandon Johnson and, you know, Willis exits and, you know, Drew Peterson committed. Then he decided he's maybe not so sure he wants to be here. Then you've got Jamal Mashburn Jr. coming in, Martise Mitchell. But like, I guess the transfers, have you had a chance to to connect with Robbins and Johnson? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. You know, as soon as, you know, they committed, uh, got him in a group chat. Um, and then kind of just let them know, like, you know, as of right now, you know, we're still on this shit together. So, you know, you guys are my guys. You're part of the family now. Um, excited to get to work with them. Um, seen a couple of them, like Mash and Martise on their visits and stuff. And I actually know Liam. Um, so, you know, been able to connect with them and just talk to them, let them know that, you know, I'm here. I'm still, you know, the captain of the team right now. So, you know, those are my guys. So, I mean, is that the mindset that, that you almost have to act as if you will be back next year? And I just think from, like, a team success standpoint, like, a lot rides on your decision. Like, to me, if you're back, you guys can be pretty darn good. If you're not back, I worry about the team. Right. I mean, you know, the team's very talented right now. Like you said, added all those new pieces. And then with the guys coming back, and I know guys are working over the summer any way they can, and they're going to come back, you know, bigger, better, stronger players. Um, but I definitely would love to, you know, still be a part of that. Um, those are my guys. I love those guys. I love going to battle with them. And with the new guys coming in, I would definitely look forward to playing with them as well. 
you know, hindsight wise, your two years here in Minnesota, the red shirt year, then the great year on the court last year, your decision to come here, you know, after leaving Pittsburgh, I mean, in hindsight, the best decision you could have made has everything worked out exactly how you wanted it to work out here in Minnesota? Uh, yeah, for the most part, I know, you know, not being able to play my first year was definitely devastating. Um, it was hard for me just to, you know, sit out and not be able to play when I was physically able to, but I think it definitely helped me with my mental and, and I, I got a chance to learn a lot more about the game and, and study the game a lot more. So I feel like in the long run, it definitely benefited me. And then of course, coming off of last year, um, didn't end the way we wanted it to, but um, I'm still proud of, you know, the season that uh, my guys had. Did you guys feel like you had a chance to make a run there in Indianapolis? You know, you guys get that first win against Northwestern, you know, then obviously everything was, was canceled after that. Right. I mean, we were feeling really good. We were talking about it. We were at pregame meal um, for that game versus Iowa. And, you know, we kind of had to pay them back. They got us twice during the year. And especially that game at home, you know, we really had it in our hands and let that one slip. And, you know, we were really angry about that. And, and we knew that, you know, we had an opportunity in Indiana to make up for that and, and continue that run. And we, we felt really good about it. Um, everybody was in the right headspace to, you know, make that run. That's all anybody was focused on, anybody was talking about, you know, throughout that whole time getting ready for the Big Ten tournament. And then, you know, we were getting ready. And then, of course, we got the news that, you know, it was being canceled. But, you know, we all felt really good, coaches, players, everybody felt really good about the space we were in, the way we were playing. Um, guys were feeling good, we were healthy, so it was definitely tough. What's the dialogue like with, with Coach Patino, others with the university about, okay, let's say you are back, but like, what does that mean? Like, can you be back here for summer workouts in, you know, let's say late June, early July? Like, there's just so much uncertainty, right? Yeah, um, there's a lot of uncertainty. We We don't know as of yet. Um, it's kind of just, you know, playing it by air day by day, seeing what the updates will be and everything like that. But we haven't gotten any, you know, concrete news as to what we'll be able to do yet or, you know, when things will be kicking off again, if we're going to be starting at the same time again, like we're kind of, everything's up in the air right now. So we're all just trying to, you know, do our part, uh, stay in shape or get our quarantine at home workouts and stuff like that. And, um, you know, just stay ready for whenever we get the call. What do you have at home? I mean, do you have a basket you can shoot at? I mean, what are you able to do right now? Oh, man, it's tough. Uh, a lot of at-home stuff, a lot of uh, equipment, kettlebells, benches, and bars and weights and stuff like that. So that's the main thing I try to do. And then I'll just go outside and get some ball handling in and, you know, just try to stay fit, stay healthy, keep my mind right, and um, just stay ready. I brought up the assist record. When I bring that up, I guess, what, what comes to your mind? Uh, my teammates, you know, that's, like you said, it's assists. It's, it's not something I could do without them. You know, I'm grateful um, to them. That's that's kind of, you know, I really take pride in being able to, you know, make guys around me better and um, set up my teammates for success. So, you know, whether it is my assist or, or it comes in the form of a hockey assist or just making the right play, like I just want to see my teammates, you know, excel. And so them having uh, being able to do that for me, and, you know, knock down those amount of shots and, and, and make plays as well and finish it on the other end. And I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that. What was the feedback that the NCAA draft advisory people gave you? Um, they just uh, gave me what my likely range would be if I was to uh, keep my name in the draft. And in, is that is that more so second round or, or undrafted free agency? It's more so towards the end of the second round and then undrafted as well. Um, so just working with that and then talking to teams about, you know, what they see me as and, and what they feel I need to work on and whether, you know, I have the potential to be an NBA player. And then just taking that feedback, working with it and, you know, having talks with my family and my coaches. If you come back here to Minnesota or if you're in the league, if you're in the G League next year, the NBA with an NBA franchise, where, where do you need to improve? Uh, I feel like myself, you know, just doing everything more efficiently. I think I do a lot of things well, but I think I could do a lot of things more efficiently. Um, you know, obviously shooting the ball. Uh, I think I shot the ball okay this year, but I definitely think I could have shot it a lot better. Um, yeah. And then if I do end up transitioning to the next level, you know, just being more consistent with deeper range. Obviously, the line's a bit farther. You know, they moved the three-point line back this year, but it's still um, the international line and not the NBA line. So would be, you know, just getting accustomed to that line and then, you know, just adjusting to the physicality, the speed, and and the reads. Were you comfortable playing all the minutes you played? 
Like, I'll be honest. Like, I thought the game at Purdue, now maybe that's not the best example because that game was a multiple overtime game. But, like, you were so good. But it, it seemed like you wore down late in that game. And, yeah. like, you're grinding. You've got the ball in your hands. That's a lot of minutes. Like, were you comfortable playing all the minutes that you played? Right. I mean, I was, you know, um, definitely not uh, a guy who's going to complain about playing time. You know, all, all guys, you know, want to get on the court more. And, you know, I'm a super competitive guy. So I always feel like, you know, if I'm on the court, then, you know, I'm giving my team a chance to win and I'm going to go hard for my teammates. Um, there are definitely, you know, a couple of times, obviously, where you said, like, it's, it's, it's the heat of the moment, it's the game. But then, you know, fatigue can't get the best of you. And then specifically that Purdue game, you know, they did a great job of, uh, switching up the defenders on me. And then at the end of the game, they had Nozgal Eastern, who's obviously a great defender on me at the end of the game. And like you said, it was a double overtime game. And there's a lot of, it went down to the wire. There's a lot of plays that, you know, kind of were just physically exerting. And that game, I would say that, you know, my fatigue got the best of me. But um, I, like I said, I'm a competitor, so I'll always want to be on the court, no matter what, no matter how tired I feel. I'm always going to be up there because I'm always going to want to help my guys win. How much will you guys miss Coach Jeter, and how happy are you that he got the head coaching job at Western Illinois? Oh, we're going to miss him a lot, man. Coach G, that's our that's our guy right there, was always pushing us in practice, um, always trying to make sure, you know, we're, we're good on the defensive end. And then, you know, him being able to, you know, take that job and, and be a head coach again, we're, we're, we're all happy for him. Uh, we all, you know, congratulated him. That's our guy. We want to see him do well. So definitely wish him the best of luck over there. I'll hit you with two more. You said that you have a relationship with Liam Robbins. Did I hear that right? I guess where where did that relationship start? Uh, yeah, kind of funny. We actually um, worked out together like some years ago. I believe I was maybe 16 or 17 and we had worked out in a summertime workout, just kind of worked out together, did a lot of like pick and roll stuff. And um, mm -hmm. and then from there, you know, he went on to, you know, become a great player. And then I'm at where I'm at today. And then he was having, you know, great success over there at Drake. So him being able to uh, transfer here, come over, it was kind of cool just be being able to reconnect with him and, you know, us getting a chance to possibly play together. I mean, how much are you hoping that he's going to be eligible right away, that, that there's this talk of the NCAA at some point here allowing transfers to be eligible right away, I guess first-time transfers. But we don't know if that's going to happen now or if it's like a year from now. But how much are you hoping that it's now that, that Liam can be eligible next year? Uh, definitely hoping that it's, it's, it's now. You know, he's a great player, great talent, has a lot of skills, and he could definitely help the team in a lot of ways. And he would impact the team, you know, greatly, make us a lot better, push us to another level. So, you know, definitely hoping for that. You gave a shout-out to your teammates when, when talking about the assist record. One of the recipients of, of many of your passes was Daniel Oturu. What, what sort of pro do you think Daniel will be? Um, a great one. You know, he brings energy. Yeah, well, he's a great guy. I love him um, I just you know, he's a lovable guy. Everybody loves him. He's going to bring great energy. Um, that's all he could do. That's what he's going to do. But, you know, he has a great skill set. And he showed that this year, obviously, which is why, you know, he's such a highly touted prospect. Um, you know, he's a guy where I think his ceiling is, you know, you can't see it. The sky's the limit for him. He has the ability to shoot the ball, put it on the deck, can score from all three levels. You know, he's length, obviously, the defensive end. He's able to block shots. And, you know, once he you know, gets to work and, and, and works on his body and make sure he has his NBA body right. I think, you know, the sky's the limit for him. And in summary, I mean, do you have any sense if the NBA is going to push back the draft so then the date that you need to decide would be pushed back? I guess just take us through the next handful of weeks and months as, as things unfold on your front. Right. I'm um, just trying to get, you know, more information every day. And, you know, I, I kind of pretty sure I heard that they're trying to um, push back the combine and everything like that. So, I feel like that might be what's coming next is them pushing back the draft. So if they're, if they're pushing everything back, then I, I would assume that they're going to push back the date uh, when people have to make their decision as well. So we're kind of just looking out for that. And, and, but as of right now, still trying to go through the process and treating it like the decision is, has to be made May 26th. Marcus, stay safe. I'll certainly be in touch, and I hope everything works out on your front however you want it to work out. But if you're back here in Minnesota next season, we look forward to that. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. You stay safe as well. Gophers point guard Marcus Carr. Apologies for the voice in the background you heard there. I'm oftentimes in a sticky wicket when I do these Zoom interviews. If I do it at home, I've got Droogie or Keaton yelling in the background. Even if I'm downstairs in the office, they inevitably start screaming. It's just what they are, who they are, right? They're boys. 
with all sorts of energy. So sometimes I do Zoom chats at Channel 5 in our TV sports office. That particular day, our sports producer, he is way across the office, but he's got a deep voice. It can carry James Monocle. So you might have heard James's voice in the background there. I talked to Marcus late last week. Since talking to Marcus, yes, the NCAA has pushed back when these guys have to decide whether to stay in the draft or bail from the draft. So that has been pushed back from June 3rd. The combine has been pushed back. The lottery has been pushed back. A few names that came up with Marcus, Liam Robbins. I talked to Liam the other day. So Liam and Marcus connected a few years ago up in Toronto. So Liam has a family member that works for the Raptors. So Marcus is from the Toronto area. They ended up in the same gym. They worked some pick and roll. So Liam and Marcus have known each other for a few years. Drew Peterson's name came up, the Rice transfer, who was a commit to the Gophers for about five days. Then he decommitted. Drew Peterson, since my conversation with Marcus, has committed to USC. I texted with Drew. He said the Gophers maintained semi-regular contact with him. After he decommitted, but USC was the best fit, he didn't want to go into details with me what took place. Clearly something changed, right? He commits to the Gophers, then he decommits four or five days later. Something happened in the middle there, but I couldn't get him to crack, and I can't get anybody with the Gophers, at least right now, to crack. I brought up Rob Jeter's name, the new head coach at Western Illinois. He's been working it here in town. He likes that small forward from De La Salle. Rob is going to extend a bunch of offers in town trying to get some Minnesota kids to Western Illinois. So the Gophers have that opening on their staff. Look for that opening to be filled in the next week. I would make Jeff Malhot, who used to coach at Hopkins, Robbinsdale Cooper, most recently was at Iona, got let go after Rick Patino took over Iona. I would make Jeff Malhot the betting favorite. But one way or another, expect the new hire to have ties, strong ties, to the Twin Cities basketball community. Let's operate on the idea that Marcus Carr will be back. So if Marcus is back, the Gophers have two scholarship openings. I expect Marcus to be back. So with the two openings, they have talked to David Mutoff. He's an overseas kid. He's talked to Alihan Demir. He's taken a virtual tour. He would be a four-year guy. The Gophers are also working still. The transfer market, Jeff Goodman of Stadium first on this one. The Gophers contacting Stony Brook transfer, Elijah Olaniyi. He's a sit-one, play-one guy. 18 points per game last year at Stony Brook. Presumably, like a lot of these guys, he'll attempt to get an immediate waiver and be able to play right away, maintain eligibility next year. But if the rules don't change, if he can't win over the NCAA, heck, I'm still trying to figure out how Justin Fields, the quarterback who went from Georgia to Ohio State, was immediately eligible last year. So who the heck knows with the NCAA? So if the one-time transfer immediate eligibility legislation doesn't pass this summer, all these guys will attempt to be eligible right away next year. But who the heck knows what the NCAA will decide? Like Liam Robbins is hopeful. He's hoping he can be eligible right away, but we just don't know. But on the Stony Brook kid, wherever he lands, he is going to look to be eligible right away. Look for the Gophers to inquire on Mac McClung. He is the Georgetown transfer. He also is a sit one, play one guy. He too will effort a waiver. He's a really good guy. He tested the NBA draft waters. He ended up interviewing with a number of teams. So a number of teams have this Georgetown transfer on their radar. He did not interview with the Wolves, but he interviewed with some other teams. He is leaving Georgetown. So I think everybody that has an opening will be in on McClung, but certainly the Gophers will inquire. Look for that to happen in the near future. You heard the name Nogel Eastern, the Purdue kid who locked down Marcus in West Lafayette late in that game. Marcus admitted that there was some fatigue there. Eastern is transferring. Look for the Gophers to inquire. His half-brother, Devin, is a Gopher football commit for the 2021 class. Devin Eastern is a really good defensive lineman from Shakopee High School. So the Gophers are still working the transfer market. Some Vikings notes have been asked about, will the Vikings add an offensive lineman? I can tell you, Jason Peters, good free agent out there. His camp, that also represents Trent Williams, is believing from dialogue with the Vikings that the Vikings feel like they're set on their offensive line. Now, I'll couch it a little bit. Who knows? When the Vikings can get onto the practice field in Egan, maybe they decide after watching some guys, yeah, we need to bring in a veteran. But the belief is from the Peters camp that the Vikings are set. So I don't foresee Jason Peters ending up with the Vikings. I've been asked about guys like Osemele and Britt. 
there's some medical question marks there. So guys like that likely won't sign until they can go take a visit and undergo a physical with a team. But I'm just telling you, there just there isn't steam. Larry Warford, others, there just isn't steam right now. It's fluid, but right now there just isn't steam on the Vikings adding a free agent offensive lineman. If they add any free agent, I guess I would not be shocked if they ultimately end up adding a free agent defensive back, Drake Kirkpatrick, maybe somebody like that. I certainly would keep an eye on the name Drake Kirkpatrick. All right, let me get to my conversation recently with Justin Jefferson as we continue the Vikings theme. I went one-on-one with Justin Jefferson a few days ago. Justin, let's just start with the last year and just the whirlwind it's been. Like, I think about this time last year, you wrap up spring ball. You're getting ready for finals or you're just wrapping up finals. Then it's summer workouts. Then it's summer camp. Then the regular season begins. You guys dominate. You personally dominate. You win the national championship. You visit the White House. You then end up in Indianapolis at the Combine. Then you have all these virtual meetings. The next thing you know, you're the 22nd pick. Like, a lot has happened in the last year, hasn't it? Yes, a lot has been. Uh, it's kind of still feeling like a dream. Uh, just that everybody's life has changed over a one year. So uh, that just shows you just having one good year can really uh, determine your life. It can determine your future. So um, just all of us just working together, just trying to be the best we can. Uh, and, I mean, it just showed out on, on the field and um, – it shows that, you know, all of us being drafted, that we're uh, draft eligible. You individually, when when did you realize that your dream, your dream of playing in the NFL could become a reality? Like, was it was it senior year of high school? Was it 2017? Was it after you put up big numbers 2018? Heck, was it just a year ago? When did you realize, you know what, I can legitimately play in the NFL? Well, um, just always being undersized and, uh, always being overlooked. Um, having that confidence definitely was tough uh, until last year. You know, just uh, last year, just showing the world, um, you know, what I'm capable of and uh, what type of talent I have. So uh, just kind of having that confidence um, after the, uh, last year here and uh, just seeing what I'm able to do and um, what numbers I can put up. So uh, just seeing that definitely – uh, allowed me to have that, um, that really that confidence to to go into the NFL and to prove you know everybody wrong. When you say you were you were overlooked, I mean, where does that go back to? I mean, you earned your way to LSU, right? So we all know that's a big time program, <laughs> you know. But I guess where where along the way were were you overlooked? Um, high school, um, just being kind of. Being six foot and one seventy five going into LSU, uh, a lot of players. I mean, a lot of coaches really wouldn't take that chance um, on a, a small guy that you know didn't have you know phenomenal stats as a high school player. So uh, just having that connection with Coach O and uh, just going off in the LSU camp, um, you know, the the uh, past year, um, he just really just took a chance on me and and allowed me to come to LSU and, and play for him. So uh, definitely shouts out to him. And uh, he's one of the reasons why I am the player today. Why were you such an easy pick for the Vikings? Like, you know, TCU's Jalen Rager goes 21 to Philly, right? And then the Vikings are up. And, and my understanding is that the Vikings were doing cartwheels, right? Like, they didn't yeah. think you'd be on the board. Like, it was a very easy pick. Teams are calling. Teams tried to get that pick 22. The Vikings were not interested in trading. Pick 22. They knew snap of the fingers, Justin. They wanted you. Why do you think they wanted you so badly? Um, that I am a versatile player. Um, you know, to have 111 catches, uh, over 1,500 yards in the SEC is definitely difficult. Um, you know, I'm one of the first players to have that many receptions as an LSU player. So uh, just seeing that and seeing my capability and um, – really just my attitude towards the game. Uh, you know, I'm a smart player and I can play wherever on field. So uh, just having that as having that in a player, uh, you know, I would pick, I would pick myself as well. So I brought up the TCU wide receiver. I mean, you've been, you've been a little bit outspoken in previous interviews that 
not only the Eagles, but the Cowboys, right? The Broncos, the Raiders. I mean, you were the fifth wide receiver to go. How much does that motivate you that four teams said, we're taking a wide receiver, but it's not going to be you? Uh, it motivates me a lot. Um, you know, a lot of stuff motivates me. Uh, just not being able to accomplish the goals that I want to. And uh, just holding that on my shoulder, just holding that chip on my shoulder, just trying to make sure that, you know, I'm still motivated to to perform at a high level. Uh, you know, everybody plays this game for a reason. Uh, they all have their own reason. And mine is I want to be the best uh, player to ever you know, play receiver. So uh, in order to do that, uh, you kind of have to have those things in the back of your mind to motivate you to be a better player. So uh, just being picked fifth or, uh, you know, just not winning Valently Cobb, not being first SEC team, not being All-American, you know, just those things uh, builds up over time. So uh, just those things strive me to become a better player. And um, I'm, I'm – I'm happy that Minnesota picked me. You know, they're a, a great overall team. Uh, they have great offensive players, great defensive players. So I'm definitely excited to go into Minnesota, and I'm ready to work with those guys. You said you want to be the best receiver in the NFL, one of the best, if not the best of all time. Who, who I guess, who right now is the best receiver in the NFL in, in your mind? <sighs> um, that's that's tough. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of different receivers have different tendencies they have different quarterbacks uh you know just trying to look at the whole thing but you know julio jones is a freak of nature man uh, just his ability to run that fast and uh to be that tall to be that strong and and able to run great routes so um he he's just cheating just being that type of receiver but uh yeah just him um especially odell Keenan allen Devontae adams uh, D-Hop, you know, even Adams up there too. So uh, they definitely have a lot of great receivers in the league, and uh, I'm trying to be one of them. Don't forget about Michael Thomas there in Louisiana. Definitely Michael Thomas also, definitely. There's so many great receivers in the league. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to pick pick one. Your catch rate, that's something that has come up with the Vikings, that, that your catch rate was the best among all draft-eligible wide receivers. How much pride do you take – and whether it's winning 50-50 balls or just when that ball is coming your way, that that ball is not going to hit the ground. Oh, uh, yes. Um, I mean, our main motto was, you know, if the ball is in the air coming to us, catch the ball. You know, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. It don't matter how tough the defense is. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter how bad the throw is, how wobbly the ball might be. Uh, you know, we have to catch it. And um, that's just something that we focused on from the beginning of spring practice all the way until the end of the season. So uh, just kind of having that mindset, uh, you know, every practice we're holding ourselves accountable. So if we're dropping the pass, you know, uh, you know, give, uh, drop down to give me 20, you know, let's, let's not drop another pass. So uh, it kind of been like that the whole season. So just having that competitiveness with those different guys in the receiving room, uh, in tight end room, uh, we're kind of all bonded together and kind of formed this, little game going on and um it helped us um throughout the season as you wrap your arms around the vikings playbook and and gary kubiak's offense i mean i guess how do you fit in how does your skill set you know how's it going to fit into to you know making things work and work really well here in minnesota um minnesota is has the same type of offense uh lsu ran so uh just having that post-all offense as a college athlete uh, definitely helped me now and it helped me understand more concepts um, and, and more plays. I mean, they have the same plays that we do, just call it different things. So uh, just having to learn, um, you know, the different terminologies they use and uh, just kind of having to um, try to compare our, uh, our terminologies at LSU and compare them with uh, the Vikings. So that kinda, that's kind of helping me uh, with learning the plays right now. Am I correct that you formed a bond with, with Hall of Famer, former Viking Chris Carter? Yes. Uh, you know, just being with Chris Carter at the Combine and uh, him just showing me different uh, things to become a, a better receiver, just having, you know, uh, hands that are, are stretchable, you know, just having those flexible fingers, uh, having those strong fingertips, uh, just being smooth out of 
in and out of um, your routes. You know, he just helped me throughout the whole uh, week of us being um, in in Indianapolis. So definitely shouts out to him for, for helping me the whole, <clears throat> excuse me, the whole five days. Pre-combine, there was this narrative about your speed, which it did make sense to me. And I'm not just saying that because we're chatting here right now. I mean, if you just watch the tape, your game speed plays. Like, just watch the game speed. Right. Then you run the 40 in, in Indy. The Vikings, my understanding is, had you actually in the low fours. I think TV had you like at 447, but the Vikings actually had you lower than that. So, like, how proud were you just to put that narrative, as goofy as it was, just put that narrative to bed? Um, the funny part is when I first heard, you know, that was the main question about my game, you know, I started laughing, you know, it just – uh, I know my speed, you know, I know, you know, how fast I run. Um, but uh, just for that to be the question in uh, the combine, you know, it was just another thing that I could prove people wrong in. So uh, just going to training and training for a month at IMG and uh, Moel is just really just helping me with the 40 time and uh, different ways to help my 40 time get better. So, uh, just going through that and going to the combine, running a four four three, definitely was exciting for me, and um, it kind of put you know a lot of a lot of people to bed. What's your relationship like so far with with Kirk Cousins? Have you had a chance to at least chat with him, whether it's Zoom or or over the phone? Uh, yeah, um, he he talked to me as soon as I got drafted. Uh, you know, he just congratulated me, just um, just telling me how excited he is to work with me and and uh, just being partners with, with the rest of the team. So uh, I'm definitely excited to work with uh, Kurt. He's one of the uh, better uh, quarterbacks in the league right now. So uh, just kind of going in and um, just kind of being under Adam's wing and just kind of getting all the information out of him and uh, just trying to be a smarter uh, and a better player. You know it's inevitable, whether it's fair or not, that, that there are going to be comparisons you to Stephon Diggs, right? Because the Vikings took you with the pick they acquired in, in the Diggs trade. I mean, I guess, are you comfortable if, if that comparison inevitably comes up? Um, I mean, a lot of people can compare me, but I don't see – I mean, yes, we have some uh, some same similarities, but, you know, I'm Justin. I'm not Stephon Diggs. So, uh, I'm going in focusing on myself. I'm not trying to play – like another player, I'm not trying to, um, you know, just come in for that player. I'm just trying to come in and be myself. I'm just trying to uh, play my own game. I'm not trying to act like anybody else. I'll hit you with a few more, then I'll let you go. Some quickies. I brought up the, the visit to the White House. I think the president called you out by name, correct? I mean, just take me back correct. to that moment and what that was like. Uh, that was exciting. Um, to be in the White House, uh, not too many people can can say that they've been in there. So uh, to have that experience, especially with uh, my brothers on the team, and uh, to 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 really just enjoy our time in, in Washington, uh, that was my first time even in Washington. So uh, just buying into you know all that had happened, uh, just us winning the national championship, um, just us being in the White House, uh, all of that. It's crazy to me because I always see it on TV. You know, I always was not in that uh, situation. So actually being in this situation, being the top team in the country, uh, having a ring now, um, it's kind of all amazing. It all happened fast. Is there a particular cornerback that you're looking forward to facing? Uh, Yes, um, definitely Patrick Peterson, um, you know, Tredavious White. Tyron Matthews, mostly, you know, all of those uh, LSU guys uh, that are on defense now, uh, definitely excited to, to uh, go against them. And, uh, I, you know, I've been watching those guys for a long time now. So to actually be going uh, one-on-one against them, it, it would be a joy to see. Speaking of LSU guys, and I'll leave you after this, Justin, Jamar Chase, there's, there's debate here in Minnesota because there's a gopher, a Minnesota gopher, Rashad Bateman that is considered a top 10 type pick next year. But then people down, you know, in, in SEC country say, no, no, Jamar Chase is the best receiver in the country. You Big Ten fans, you Gopher fans, you don't know what you're talking about. I guess, where do you stand, <laughs> Chase versus Bateman? 
Jamar, um, just actually being with Jamar, just uh, watching how he plays, watching his tendencies, what he, you know, how he runs his routes, uh, just being in the same room with him, uh, he's definitely a competitor. He's pretty much just like me. Um, of course, we have different play styles, but he, he's, he's a freak. He's phenomenal. Um, he's definitely would be the best receiver in the, uh, next year's draft. Um, just him just being that competitor like I am, uh, we always competing with each other. Um, you know, us making bets before the season, who would get the most touchdowns, who would get the most yards, um, you know, who would have the better catch uh, throughout the season. Uh, just having that all inside of me and competing with him every single day, um, that helped me become a better player. It helped me play harder and it helped me play faster. So uh, Jamar is definitely is going to be uh, – the best receiver in next year's draft. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do uh, next season. And then one quickie, I guess, and I'll let you get to this. What, what about you would surprise us as we get to know you, hopefully you're up here sooner rather than later on the field versus doing everything virtually. But as we get to know you in the coming years, I guess, what, what will surprise us about you? Um, my consistency, uh, just being able to perform at a high level uh, week in and week out. Um, and uh, me just being that versatile receiver, just being having that ability to play outside and inside. So uh, just being put wherever on that field and, and making big plays in those positions. So uh, definitely taking that into Minnesota. and uh, That will allow me to get on the field faster and uh, to make more plays. Justin, thank you. This was fun. Tell Sam with the Vikings, thank you as well. Thank you. And we'll see you here soon, hopefully. Definitely will. It sounds like Justin, along with the other Vikings rookies, will sign their contracts when they get to town for physical. So some teams are signing their draft picks. It sounds like the Vikings will wait. Actually, as I was playing back that interview, that Zoom interview with Justin, I got an update on Drake Kirkpatrick. Nothing new. I think whether it's Kirkpatrick or a different defensive back, I think when the calendar flips to June, maybe even into July, maybe keep an eye on the Vikings adding a defensive back. I don't think the Vikings are in any rush right this second to add a free agent defensive back. A couple more notes before we wrap up with Jerry Kill. Dabo Sweeney, Clemson football coach. He's got, what, a couple national championships on his resume, one of the best football coaches in the country. He was a guest recently on a Wolves Zoom chat. So a lot of professional teams have welcomed celebrities, different type speakers on the Zoom chat. So the Wolves, Ryan Saunders and company, had Dabo Sweeney talk to the team a couple weeks back. How about Gustavus football? So like a lot of college football programs, they've had to do spring practice virtually. So on a recent Zoom meeting, the entire Gustavus football team was surprised by Peyton Manning and Tony Dungy, one future Hall of Famer, one current Hall of Famer. So Peter Haugen, the head coach at Gustavus, where was he before that? Washburn, Minneapolis Washburn. Didn't he coach Rasheed Hageman in high school? I think he might have. Anyway, Haugen's been at Gustavus for a handful of years. Through some connections, he got phone numbers for Peyton Manning and for Tony Dungy. He reached out to both. Both could do it on the same day. So lo and behold, it was a Zoom meeting for the Gustavus football team recently with Peyton Manning and Tony Dungy providing some words of wisdom. Trying to think of anything else I need to get in from a note standpoint. I scribbled a bunch of stuff down. I'll get to it next podcast. No big deal. Let me now get to my recent conversation with Jerry Kill. He's now a special assistant to Gary Patterson at TCU. I talked to him shortly after the Vikings selected Jeff Gladney in the first round. Here's my recent conversation with Jerry Kill. Pride you're going to take this weekend in guys you helped recruit. Antoine Winfield Jr., Tyler Johnson, Carter Coughlin. Kamal Martin, you know, Rodney Smith will have a chance to, to play professionally. Guys that you had your fingerprints all over, how happy are you going to be for these guys and how happy are you? Well, I'm very, very excited for those young men and Tracy Clay's had a part of that and it, uh, you know, makes you proud. It, it really does is that, you know, uh, great kids and, and great families and they've worked hard for the reward. Uh, they've gone through a couple of different programs and they've handled it, you know, first class and continue to excel. And, uh, you know, they're a, a big part of the reason with, with several others uh, that Minnesota's had their success. And, 
you know, and, and uh, they'll have continued success. And the success even goes back to, I mean, think about it, Jerry. You led a team, you know, a Gophers team to a New Year's Day bowl game for the first time in 50-something in years. I mean, guys like Damian Wilson, right, and Max Williams and Eric Murray. I mean, you really started this thing. We had some players, you know, is Devondre Campbell, you know, has started and played in a, in a, you know, a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, Damian Wilson, who I talked to the the other day, uh, Eric Murray, uh, Brian Body Calhoun, uh, Max Williams, um, you know. So we're we're you know the the more type of guys you have like that seems like the more wins you get, and uh, so uh, but uh, you know I congratulate it. It's good for uh, you know uh, Minnesota's team and. Uh, you know, and uh, it, it does nothing to help, just like it helps us here at TCU. Yeah, I mean, on that, I mean, you're just recently there, but I mean, you know all about Jeff Gladney, just from talking to, you know, one of your best friends, if not your best friend, Gary Patterson. What do you know about yeah. Gladney? Yeah, I, I can tell you, in playing against him or knowing a, a lot about him, is that, uh, you know, uh, he is uh, a great, great competitor. Uh, you know, doesn't, uh, you know, makes plays. Um, he, uh, can really, really run shooty benches, 400 pounds. Uh, and he's a defensive back and, uh, he makes plays. And, uh, you know, I know the, the Vikings needed some defensive help, secondary help. And, uh, you know, I know how coach Zimmer is. He wants tough guys. And if you come out of this program at TCU and uh, the way uh, Coach P approaches it and coaches it is you're going to be tough. And uh, there's a lot of similarities between Coach Zimmer and he's played in a very complicated system here. And, uh, you know, I think everybody tell you Coach Patterson uh, is, you know, the best defensive coordinator in college football. And uh, so coming out of his system, I think, helped him a lot. Jerry, on Coach Zimmer, yeah, that's better. On Coach Zimmer, how close did you become with him when you were here? You know, I, I, you know, I'd met Coach Zimmer. Uh, you know, I, I don't know him as well. Uh, I know uh, Rick Spillman very well, and uh, and talked to you know Rick's a, a good guy. He went to Southern Illinois one time, so that's how I know Rick so well. But I've got great respect for Coach Zimmer. Uh, studied his defense a lot and uh, even here at TCU. And uh, so, uh, you know, uh, what he's done there and what he stands for, and and uh, I think we're probably a lot alike in a lot of ways. Specifically on Antoine Winfield Jr., when you helped recruit him, I mean, did you see all the traits of his father and just all those traits came to fruition while, while a gopher? Yeah, he's a carbon copy, I think, of his dad and, and – uh, there was no doubt he could play as whether we could get him or not. And, uh, but, uh, you know, that kid can play. And, and I, like I said, I got opportunities to, to watch Gopher games, uh, even when uh, I was at Southern Illinois as the AD. And, uh, you know, uh, the development of those kids, you know, with him and, uh, you know, Coughlin, you know, all those kids, Martin, uh, you know, uh, who's the other one we got? Uh, well, you've got Carter, you've got yeah. Kamal, you've got Tyler, you've got Antoine, you've got Rodney. Yeah, Smith, Tyler. Yeah, and Rodney. Yeah. yeah. All those all those kids, you know, have continued to get better, and that's a credit to them and the work they put in. And uh, they they've done a they've done a great great job. And you know, I can remember me and Tracy uh, being over at the high school and and watching. Uh, Tyler put on a show playing basketball. I mean, 360 dunk, all that kind of stuff. He's got the intangibles, you know, that, that you want a football player. Uh, all those kids were athletic and could run. And, uh, you know, that's the, the big thing is, is speed solves a lot of problems, and they all have the ability uh, to be successful. And my personal opinion, uh, you know, draft, you know, I know they're – no, several of them are going to get drafted, but I, I will tell you, 
uh, I think uh, they'll contribute to those teams and, and do very well, just like Max has. There you go. I mean, even Thomas Barber, too, right, and Sam Renner. Like, a lot of guys have a chance to play professionally. Maybe it's in Canada. Maybe it's not the National Football League. But, like, so many you guys you were around, Jared, will have a chance to make money. Well, Thomas Barber with that name, he's going he's gonna to make it somewhere because that name's made it everywhere. And uh, But, yeah, that, you know, those, again, uh, we were able to do what we did in our era uh, because we had good players. It didn't have a whole lot to do with coaching. I, I've always said coaching's overrated. You got to have players to win and you got to be able to recruit to win. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I think that, uh, that's the key to success. And, and, uh, so as long as you keep doing that, you keep winning. What do you remember about when Carter Coughlin committed? I mean, he was sort of the, he was the king of that recruiting class and really helped kind of bring everybody together. Well, you know, he, he's, he's, he, he has a special family, you know, uh, his mom and dad, he's been raised right. Uh, his grandpa, grandma, I mean, they're all good people, legacy people. Uh, they love Minnesota and, uh, you know, that helped us a lot. And, uh, but we, you, you knew what you were getting. And sometimes in recruiting, you don't always know what you're getting. And, uh, I, you know, with, with Carter, you knew what you're going to get. And, uh, because of the way his parents were and his, and his grandpa. And, and, uh, so, I mean, uh, to me, he was a no brainer coming out and then he comes from a great program. I mean, but let's face it, you know, program he comes from is like a college program. You're right. Jer, how, how are things? I mean, I've, I've lost track, right? So you leave here, you eventually end up at Southern Illinois, Kansas state, Virginia Tech, now at TCU, it's, you've been busy. Well, I, I think part of it is, is that, uh, you know, uh, is that uh, I was recently, a year ago, I just went back to Southern Illinois, I was going to be the ambassador of the university, and they offered me that job, and then uh, they let the AD go, so I was the AD for uh, a year for him to get him back on track the best I could, and then, uh all that time I'd go around to universities and they'd have me come in for three days and study their program and so forth. And I did that at Virginia tech. And, you know, my wife said, you've never been happy since you've left football. And, uh, and I, they offered, they were two and three and, uh, and coach had talked to me a couple of times and he says, Hey, I need you. So I went down to Virginia tech and we were fortunate enough to go to a bowl game and, and, uh, kind of turned it around. And uh, Coach Fuente is a great guy, and that's where Tracy Clays is now. And uh, thought I was going to stay there, and then Gary Patterson called. And Gary Patterson and I go back almost 38 years and have, have the opportunity to come here to Fort Worth and uh, work with them. And, you know, they all say, they all say you know, I'm kind of like a, 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 compl- or a, a guy that works on appliances. I'm just kind of a fix-it guy, I guess. So. Gary, Gary goes, Hey, I need some help offensively. We're struggling. I need you down here. And, uh, so it gave me an opportunity to, to be with my best friend and, and, you know, being, uh, coaching here and it's a great, great place. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I love, I love what I'm doing. And, uh, so I'm very thankful that, uh, you know, I guess I'm thankful for some programs that have struggled and, and they said, hey, we need you. And it's always nice to, to feel needed. You said you caught some of Antoine's games. I mean, have you tracked what the Gophers have been able to do? You know, I guess specifically oh, yeah. last year, you know, with the oh, yeah. 11 wins? Yeah, yeah. I, I think people need to realize is that I, you know, I love Minnesota. I run into Minnesota people all the time. Down, down Fort Worth, Virginia Tech. Everywhere I've been, I've run into Minnesota people, and, and they've been very gracious. And, uh, you know, I, I love the people of Minnesota. Fort Worth, Dallas is warmer, of course, but Fort Worth and Minneapolis, St. Paul remind me a lot of each other. And, uh, and I think that's why it's a, a, a good fit and uh, because of the people. And, uh, and then, you know, you know I, we, 
we bled and sweat now at, at, at Minnesota. I mean, we, we worked our butt off. We, you know, I argued and fought and, you know, for the new facility and probably caused some hard feelings doing some of that stuff, but, you know, it had to get done. And, you know, we, we did everything we could to make it the best, including Tracy and, uh, you know, loved our time there. And so, you know, I'll always, you know, I'm always going to root, root for the Gophers. I mean, you know, that's uh, always root for Northern Illinois, always root for Southern Illinois. I've been so many places. I got a lot of teams to, to cheer for, that's for sure. But, you know, uh, I want, I you know, I, I want, you know, I, every time I turn on that TV, you know, uh, you want to, you want to see the teams that you coach to have success. And uh, it does tell you you had a little bit to do with it because you were a part of it. And, uh, and it really makes you feel good that, you know, they continued uh, uh, to win. And uh, so uh, at the end of the day, uh, I'm very proud of, uh, very proud of the, the people in, in Minnesota. I'm very grateful for the opportunity that I had. Uh, I enjoyed the media. You know, I always got told how tough the media was there. The media treated me very fairly. Uh, so I, I can't sit there and, you know, I, I miss, uh, you know, uh, you know, all them gift certificates I got from Sid, you know, to go to Murray's. And uh, <laughs> I, I missed I miss that. I miss J.D. Hoyt, so he had the best pork chops in town. I miss Tony's because that's where I went and got my pancakes. I haven't found any places like that here yet in Fort Worth, but I, I eventually, I eventually will. Is everything okay with, you know, you were outspoken many months ago, but you talk about your love for Minnesota. You're always going to root for Minnesota. I mean, you know, anything with PJ Fleck, is that in the past at this point, Jer? You know, I, I, my, my deal in my life is, you know, that, uh, that I need to, uh, focus on what I need to do and PJ needs to focus on what he needs to do. And I'm, you know, I'm, I, I got enough things I need to worry about and I'm sure he's got a lot more to worry about than Jerry kill. And, uh, and, uh, I, like I said, I, I've, I've moved on with my life. I got a lot of things going on and, uh, I moved away from that. I'm not, you know, dealing with it. I, I said my piece and, uh, that was it. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I moved on. I got a two year old granddaughter. I got a lot of things in life to look forward to. And, and, uh, I've been in great health. Uh, I've been cancer for the third time and uh, a lot of people didn't know that. So, uh, coach Patterson says I'm like a cockroach. You just can't kill me. So, uh, <laughs> I, I thought that's a, I thought that was a unique statement, but, uh, uh again, I, you know, life's very short and uh you only get to go around it one time so i think that uh, sometimes that uh, uh we get focused in on all those things and so forth and uh my focus needs to be what i control and take care of my family and do those kind of things and and pj's got to do you know he's got to do things the way he wants to do them and and and, and his and focus in on his family and uh you know, and uh, he's won ball games. So, I mean, hey, and, uh, you know, and uh, so, I, I, you know, and, you know, at the end of the day, I, you know, I, I gave, you know, I, I did give him his start. And, uh, and so uh, just because uh, people don't agree and disagree and, you know, and, and, and go at each other and all that kind of stuff, hell, I do that with, me and GP do that. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's gone. Uh, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. And, uh, and, and I don't have time to worry about it. It's not, it's not worth it. Said what I said and, and uh, you move on in life. I'll let you go after this. So you said health wise, you're good. You beat cancer for a third time, Jerry. And, and have you yep. been seizure free for a while? Three years. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I feel as good as I've ever felt, you know, and, uh, you know, I feel like I could be a head coach again, but I'm not going to be, but, uh, I could be, but I, I'm having too much fun at doing what I'm doing. 
I let that head coach, I let Coach P solve all those problems, and then I get to do the fun stuff. I Everybody goes, what do you do at TCU? I said, I'm an NFL coach. I'm an NFL coach at the college level, so it can't get any better. Jerry, thank you so much. Stay safe. Tell Rebecca I say my best, and we'll connect soon, okay? The one, the only, Jerry Kill. That was a Zoom chat a couple weeks back. I actually chatted with him the day after the Vikings selected Jeff Gladney at pick 31. So I guess it would have been the morning of round two and round three of the NFL draft. But the adventure began with Jerry giving me the wrong email address. He couldn't remember if he had a Gmail or a Yahoo or a Hotmail account or if we should use his TCU email account. So it was an adventure just to get him to accept a Zoom invitation from me because he couldn't remember his email. Then he finally gives me the right email. He's in his car on his iPhone, and he couldn't figure out how to position the iPhone. So for a majority of the conversation, I'm looking up at his beard. I'm telling you, the one, the only, whatever you think of him, he absolutely provides me with all sorts of entertainment. The one, the only, Jerry Kill. We are done. That does it for Scoop Podcast episode 296. Remain safe, everyone. I know some things have been eased up. We now can gather in groups of 10 or less people, at least here in Minnesota, some other states. It's even more open up, Arizona, Florida, North Dakota. I can't wait to go get a haircut. I just don't trust my wife to cut my hair, especially after what she did to Keaton the other day. Whoa, speaking of adventure, that was unbelievable. But, hey, he survived, she survived, but I'm not quite sure. I'm letting her near my hair with with the razor anytime soon. So I need my barber to open up, please. And I miss you. I miss my barber. So hopefully soon. But stay safe, everyone. Always appreciate you listening. We are done. This has been Scoop Podcast episode 296.